0: February 1st, Daily Table, a nonprofit grocery store with three locations in Roxbury, Dorchester, and Cambridge, announced that their SNAP customers are now eligible to use their EBT cards to order online groceries for delivery from all locations. Mayor Michelle Wu visited the Daily Table in Roxbury to bring light to this new service. These vulnerable populations will now be able to purchase healthy and nutritious food online and support the necessary social distancing during the COVID-19 pandemic, assuring that they will stay healthy and safe. This new online shopping availability will also help residents who face health or mobility challenges. In the last two years, the communities served by Daily Table have been disproportionately affected by the COVID pandemic with higher rates of unemployment and skyrocketing insecurity. SNAP redemption levels in daily table groceries have nearly doubled since the pandemic started. The store management said that enabling their customers using SNAP benefits to get free delivery of their online grocery orders at the same low in-store prices democratizes access and empowers all their customers to get the healthy, affordable food that they need and deserve.
1: Now being able to shop online is very helpful for me and for other people that having a hard time to come out in the cold. I'm a breast cancer survivor and the cold bothers me a lot. So that will be very helpful to me and to many more, you know, for somebody to just come and deliver your food, that is awesome.
2: We are the first independent grocer in the state of Massachusetts to be able to offer customers to purchase groceries for delivery using their uh, EBT cards or SNAP benefits. For the past two years um you know we've seen skyrocketing rates of um uh food insecurity um, and this is one additional way that we'll be able to um, increase access and and equity to communities who need it most
1: this is a big deal because right now the approvals to use snap benefits for online purchases making life that much easier and just recognizing how hard it is for especially working parents, working families with kids to be balancing everything. That barrier has been taken down previously only for the very, very large players, the online Amazons and and, um, other players, Instacart. And so to have one of our own local nonprofits able to provide this service and continue growing throughout the city, bringing that access to every single resident is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. This is a moment during the pandemic where we need to be transitioning from just addressing the emergency reactive immediate needs around food access and hunger to really thinking about how we create a better food justice system overall supporting our small businesses supporting connecting local agriculture and uh, food production to the opportunities to connect to support our residents
0: Set up. Set up. On February 3rd, there was pride and jubilation in the air as Boston's Black leaders from all sectors gathered at the Bruce C. Bowling Building to hear Mayor Michelle Wu's announcement of a new city office dedicated to ensuring the city's policies and programs are connecting with and supporting Black men and boys across all of Boston's neighborhoods. Wu's choice for executive director of the Office for Black Male Advancement was Frank Farrow, a Roxbury native who has had years of experience advocating for families and fostering dialogue on key issues to improve education for all in Boston. The goal of the mayor's office for black male advancement is to ensure that black males of every age have the support they need to thrive and share in the city's prosperity.
3: So the biggest thing that I wanna do in my role is just support and uplift um, and empower black men and boys in the city of Boston, you know, working alongside, my colleagues, members of the community um, to, to close achievement and opportunity gaps in our education, um, to close the, the racial wealth gap. I'm in sure, you know, every young black person in the city of Boston is able to realize their full potential, and that we're able to, to pass down from generation to generation success and wealth, um, and that we, we're able to thrive and be a part of the city's prosperity. The city of Boston will not move forward uh, with all of the the numbers and the dashboards if we don't deal with the fact that uh, black men are being left behind. In the city of Boston, uh, black folks are worth $8 versus their white counterparts that are worth $247,500. In the city of Boston, we spend $55,000 a year incarcerating folks uh, and uh, a little bit over 25,000 educating people. If we don't make the investments that are needed, uh, for this group, then the city of Boston can't rise and meet the full promise that it should have. Uh, we must ensure that black men are put at the forefront uh, versus where they have been in the past. The trajectory of the city of Boston is inextricably connected to the to, to the trajectory of black men. You know, with the George Floyd movement, when I see George, I see me, I see my son, I see my dad, my uncles, brothers and cousins. So therefore, let's turn and let's change that narrative that there will be opportunity for all black people, all black men and boys. This is black history, and it's time for us to change the paradigm and so that we can all be inclusive and be a part of the the. the the wealth, and the wealth that is here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. In this city, every time we want to deal with black males, we morph, it's morphed into something else. I'm sick and tired of that foolishness. Let's deal with the hard-nosed guys that don't come to the table because they feel they can't come to the table. Let's deal with the ones who have been marginalized and kicked to the curb. It's easy to deal with those who have education, dotted I's and crossed T's, and they have had a little you know, sociological hiccup along the way. But let's deal with the ones that others turn their back to because the problems in the black community are not just black community problems, they are American problems, and we have to deal with them because we're not going anywhere.
0: On Sunday, February 6th, the base hosted a vaccine clinic at its location on Shirley Street in Roxbury. Partnering with the Boston Medical Center, they offered COVID-19 vaccinations free of charge to base student-athletes, their families, and members of the Roxbury community ages 5 and older. With vaccination rates among children in communities of color and non-English speakers lower than average, the clinic was set up to encourage residents in this area of Boston to come to a clinic in their own neighborhood, be able to talk with staff in their native language, and feel more comfortable being vaccinated. Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and Moderna vaccines were available for the clinic. The BASE, an organization which uses sports to provide a pathway to higher education and productive citizenship for our student-athletes, said their aim was to increase vaccination rates in the neighborhood of Roxbury.
2: The base is offering a free vaccination clinic for our base student athletes and their families. And the reason why we're really stepping up in our community is to provide a place for them to get information so that they can make an informed decision right down to there's a lot of misinformation out there about the vaccine, Um, there's a distrust, there's a language barrier. And they want to come in and see somebody that represents them, that they can get the information in their language. And that's why we're rising up here at the base. Um, Our families trust and believe in us, and we're going to give them the, the information they need to make an informed decision to get vaccinated.
3: We wanted to use this place because the majority of young folks that we're serving are young folks of color. African-American and Latino. And we know that there's this concern around the vaccination, in some instances, this concern with the healthcare industry. But we feel like as people are here at the base, they're comfortable being here. Our families trust our staff, trust us, that it was important for us to do this vaccination um, really clinic here today. Even if they don't come in and get the vaccination, we have medical professionals here to help answer the questions. We all have to be committed if we want to actually get as close to getting back to normal to make sure we're doing things like the vaccination clinic.
2: I think it makes a lot of sense to meet the community members where they are. We know that in the history of community engagement, uh, building trust requires an extension of ourselves into the communities and making ourselves available and accessible uh, often and with regularity. And so I think it's really important to figure out what are people's hesitances, why are people um, not wanting to get the vaccine. A lot of that can be rooted in mistrust and distrust um, in centuries, honestly, of oppression and of misuse of medical and scientific resources um, to continue systems of oppression. And so this is one way for us to really engage the community figure out um, what are their barriers to receiving health information, to receiving the vaccine, um, to receiving health care on a regular basis, and really meet them where they are.
0: On Saturday, January 15th, Mayor Michelle Wu discussed how the new Be Together requirement, which went into effect on that date, will help slow the spread of COVID-19. The protocol states that as of January 15th, you will have to show proof of vaccination against COVID-19, if you want to eat in a restaurant or work out in a gym in Boston. This mandate also includes bars, museums, and other indoor entertainment sites. Employees at these locations will also be required to show proof of having received one dose by this date and a second by February 15th. Children 5 through 11 will have to show proof of at least one dose of the vaccine by March 1st. The city of Boston is implementing Be Together to encourage more people to get the vaccine and booster as cases of COVID are escalating daily.
1: We are working every day to end this pandemic. The pandemic affects all of us, whether or not you are choosing to be vaccinated, you or your family or loved ones will need access to our hospital and healthcare system at some point. And as that gets crowded and as COVID unvaccinated, severe cases of COVID are crowding out everything else, we are going to pay for that in the months to come as well. We also know that our small businesses are already one by one in different cases have been weighing the decision on how to keep their workforce and customers safe. But when we, without a clear policy that applies across the board, we put the burden on our small businesses to make the right calls to absorb the the heat of it. This is a citywide policy that is based on the science, that is based on the needs of our healthcare system to end this pandemic, and it is a citywide policy decision. I am happy to be held accountable for that. Please, as you are out and about in our city, do not heckle our restaurant owners and small business employees. This is, this is a policy that is meant to be a public health support for all of us. It is not on the shoulders of our small business owners and I will continue to stand with them, support them and make sure that the city is providing every resource we can to get our businesses back up and running and um, support our economy as we recover.
2: I feel
3: really positive about the asking for vaccinations when patrons do come in because it actually helps the other patrons within the facility to feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that everyone has proof that they have vaccinations. And usually when individuals just come in to pick up, we don't ask for vaccinations because they're just picking up food and then they're leaving the building. But when they come in to sit within, The restaurant, we would rather have proof so that we know that everyone is safe, protected, and everyone feels comfortable within this dwelling.